We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Notre Dame fans, welcome back to another edition of the Irish Breakdown Podcast. It's Monday, y'all. You know what that means. It's recruiting hour time. And so uh, we are going to rock and roll here. Obviously, there was some big news that just broke right before the show started. Cardinal Tate committed to Ohio State. That's all we're going to say about that because Notre Dame has not been a player for him for quite some time. But just to head off any potential questions that people might have about that, we are going to focus on Notre Dame's actual targets and players that uh, Notre Dame is recruiting now. Ryan, it's kind of interesting. You know, there's four potential recruiting weekends that Notre Dame could have brought kids on campus this weekend. The exception of Elijah Page, everybody was in a two-weekend span because the board is so thin <laughs> at this point in time and because they wanted to get as many of these kids around each other as possible to try to build up that that you know, that – that unity type of, hey, we're, we're going to build something together. But, man, what a two weekends it has been. When you look at the talent that has been on on campus the last two weekends between the committed kids and the uncommitted kids, you start to think about, yeah, okay, Notre Dame do, does have a shot to land the top class because, man, they have had some absolute dudes on campus the last couple of weekends. I, I mean, they sure have. Of course, in our, our sh- recap show last week, we talked about you know guys like Jaden Lamar and Ronan Hannafin and Monroe Freeling and Jason Moore and – Jaden Osbury, and there was a really long list for that June 10th weekend. This weekend was a little different for the June 17th weekend. It was a much smaller list, which I think that's really fascinating, Brian. Honestly, we talked about this a little bit. It's like some recruits, I think, do better in a smaller setting, more one-on-one environment. Some kind of like the the fast-paced type of environment that maybe June 10th was comparatively. You know, you say that, Ryan, and it didn't. that thought never crossed my mind. If I'm looking at the kids that were on campus this weekend, a lot of them were some of the kids that we've been told are a little bit more quiet. Uh, you know, Micah Bell is that way. Jeremiah Love is a little bit reserved. Josiah Wagner is very intellectual and thoughtful. Brennan Cooper. Vernon and Bubakar Traore are that way. Cooper Flanagan, even though he joined me for yeah. an interview, which was a great interview, he's he's very soft-spoken as well. Yeah, that's totally. interesting. I never thought about that till you just said it. There's a, yeah. uh, there's a, there was a lot of kids like that on campus this weekend. So 
Very interesting point. That, see, that's why I pay you the big bucks, man. <laughs> yeah. You know, to think about stuff like that. But no, it, it, it is a quite a contrast. Much bigger weekend last weekend. And, mm-hmm. and obviously this weekend was smaller, but very, very important. And yep. that's what we're going we're gonna to focus on. It's hard for me to see Notre Dame landing the number one class without hitting at a very high rate for this past weekend. And then, of course, Richard Young was on campus in, the, in between the two weekends. We'll talk about him just a little bit here later as we get into the show. So, Brian, let's first start with just kind of how things went. Let's talk about the latest of what we've been able to gather. If you are a member of the Irish Breakdown message board, a lot of the stuff you will have heard or read last night when you put an update on, but we're going to kind of dive a little bit further into it uh, with these type of things. And we will be taking questions afterwards. If you do have some questions, some have already been put in, some really good questions already. Drop those during the show as well. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Without the ones like you who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Let's dive in. Let's first start with offense, Ryan. And I think we need to start with, obviously, the wide receiver position. That's a big position for Notre Dame right now. And they had a must-get player on campus this weekend, this weekend in Jaden Greathouse. You've had a chance to talk with Jaden. You interviewed him. We yep. have a story at IrishBreakdown.com. What's the latest with Notre Dame and Jaden Greathouse? He's actually the one that that kind of got that thought flowing, to be honest, Brian, that it was a little bit of a smaller weekend because he talked about how he was the only wide receiver on campus, and he really liked it. He liked the fact that he had one-on-one opportunity with coaches. He had the opportunity to sit down and just really get that vision sold to him continuously, keep re- re- you know reiterating the fact that this, this program, this university is the best fit for you from an academic perspective, from an athletic perspective. You can hit every goal that you have set for yourself – because he's a very intellectual kid, like you said, very goal-oriented kid. He has a big-time opinion of how good of a player he is, which I think he is as well, but he also has a lot of goals that go off of that, right? So I think that he went into the weekend. We feel really good about where Notre Dame is. We're not going to talk about as much about the Pulse in this section of it, but I would say that Notre Dame did themselves very well this weekend and continued the momentum with Jamie Greathouse. 
Well, and with him, you've got to be smart as a recruiting staff. You've kind of got to know, well, what have we already done with this kid? They had him on campus for the Blue Gold game. He saw that big event surrounded by a lot of people, a lot of different recruits, a lot of different commits and things like that. As you said, it it was smart to bring him back this weekend, number one, because this was his last visit. And let's be honest, Notre Dame is his leader. That's not a surprise. They have been his leader for a while. I would argue even before the visit, but I think the visit solidified that since he had never actually been on campus, brought mom and dad back with him this weekend too. That was a big one because the the things that we have heard from some of our sources are his parents were very engaging, Mm -hmm. asked a lot of questions, talked a lot to the commits parents, to the parents of the committed players and other people really trying to get a feel for what the institution is about. Cause I believe this was their first trip to campus. I don't believe his parents came with him for in April. Correct. I don't believe so. Okay. No. So I think that was a very important thing. And when you hear about mom and dad asking a lot of questions, you start saying, okay, there's genuine interest from everybody involved. And so Notre Dame certainly helped themselves. The The big question, Ryan is obviously Jaden had talked in the past about maybe making a decision this summer Yep. He told you last week that he was going to to wait till the fall to see things how to see how things shake shook out. He he has not changed his plans in that regard. We've talked to some sources that it was definitely made clear. He did say make a comment to you that uh, they definitely tried. Yes, I, I won't be surprised if Jaden does in fact change his plans at some point in time. I don't think it's going to be right this second. It wouldn't yep. shock me if sometime in July he decided to. You know what? I know. And I think it's going to come down to if over the next two, three weeks, this feeling that he has about Notre Dame doesn't go away. I think that trumps any questions he might have about about the offenses and things along those lines is is where I'm at. So I I just but I do feel whenever the decision is Notre Dame is in a great, great position right now with based on on who's on his list and, and where he stands with his quote unquote final four. And I think Notre Dame has done a fantastic job, too, of and we've talked about this for most of the the recruits, honestly, is that they've hit so many different perspectives. You know, we talked about the alumni that were there for the Blue Gold weekend. We talked about the last couple weekends they had current players on, you know, in in part of the process to kind of talk with these guys and hang out with them and really show them what it's like to be a part of the program. And then Jaden in that article even talked a little bit about, you know, they met, he met with the Dean of Admissions to really talk about, you know, his transcript and how it, it projects to Notre Dame if that was ultimately that de- the decision because he, I believe he is a young man that is planning on trying to enroll early at his institution. So went through that process. He also got a little bit of, uh, um, of uh, I don't know if it was Friday night or if it was Saturday night, but he got a little time under the lights in Notre Dame Stadium as, w- as well with everything lit up. And he said it was just – awesome and the photo shoot and all that good stuff so they continue to really do a good job and i agree with you i think that this this recruitment it could escalate just kind of talking to Jaden because mm-hmm. I, I really think he is open to it if it if it makes sense i just think that he's a really he's a really very thoughtful th- thorough yeah, yeah i was gonna say thorough but like yeah thoughtful person that he's trying to make the best decision but i think if like you said if he goes into some part of july and he's just kind of like Nobody's closing the gap here. Right. Like, this is just Every day Notre I wake Dame. up, it's Notre right. Dame. It's Notre exactly. Dame. Exactly. It, it won't be because the Notre Dame coaching staff talked him into it. It'll be, if anything, that could have the opposite effect. I mean, obviously, they're going to make their pitch on why they want him to join now and how he can help with the rest of the class and all that type of stuff. But it's going to be about because he wakes up and he realizes, like, you know what? Like, this is this is the move, and it's been that way every day. Yep. And that's where we're at. I and think and that, it, that's it, 
It might not be the staff that is constantly pushing it, but you know he has guys like Braylon James that are going to be in his ear. Sure, like, brother. Sure, let's sure. do this, man. Let's do it. So. But knowing Jaden Greathouse from what you have told me about him and what I do know about him from talking to sources on the other side, mm-hmm. he's not going to get he's not going to get talked into anything. It's going right. to be about him saying, "Okay, I've I, I've made this decision, and it's time to it's time to make this move." So. Another offensive player that Notre Dame had on campus this weekend is Jeremiah Love. And he's an interesting kid. Talked to a few people. He's another guy that's not super outgoing. He, he's not – not that he's introverted, but he's also not super outgoing. You know, I was told he kind of had his earbuds in a lot during the visit and things like that. You know, another kid that you look at, Ryan, and it's amazing all these kids that have very similar traits last weekend and this weekend. High academics. Yep. That's a big part of what he is. It's a, I, I didn't know that this existed. This kids, guys that are dynamic athletes that also actually care about an education. Who knew? I was told that there weren't enough guys like that around the country. Who knew? Mm-hmm. But uh, this is another big one for Notre Dame because he's shooting up the rankings. I mean, he is he's gone from when Notre Dame offered him in the winter, he was like a consensus three star recruit, and now he's skyrocketed up to where he's like a top hundred recruit now. So Notre Dame got on him early. They've stayed on him. He's gone through a lot of visits. He's got another one coming up this weekend. Where does Notre Dame stand with with Jeremiah? Because I think his situation, from how I see it, is I and you tell me I'm right. I think Notre Dame's in a good place, but there's mm-hmm. a lot more strong contenders for him than I feel about with Jaden Greathouse at this point. Yeah, Jeremiah is a really interesting kid because, like you said, there's definitely a, a soft-spoken nature to him, which is weird for a dynamic athlete that he is that plays on the offensive side of the football. That's where he's getting recruited mainly, right? Like he's going to give his first opportunity at running back. But as we've talked to him and and talked, you know, with he's not really big on social media at all. He does not like that spotlight, and he's he's a very I want to do whatever wins football games. Like, I don't care if I have the ball in my hands. He was even talking about playing defensive back, if that's what it meant to get wins, right? So he's a very different player in that regard, which I love. I I think the selflessness is awesome. But he is a player that, I mean, I'll I'll be very honest about this. When I was messaging him this weekend, I mean, he seemed giddy, to be very honest with you. Like, he was sending, you know, the fire emojis and hearts and all this type of stuff, and he was really enjoying his time, to say the least. And I think that, the whole staff, especially Coach McCullough, has really, really hit the nail with him a little bit. You know, I think that he is really taken to his message and taken to the type of coach that he is. And it's happened very quickly. And I think that's why we're seeing Brian, because this one, I mean, he got offered a couple months ago, but it's really only started to escalate kind of recently, right? Like it was, it was going for there for a little while because I feel like Notre Dame was trying to figure out when Cedric Irvin Jr. was still in the class, like, can we take three running backs? What does the board look like? All that type of stuff, right? But now that you have one running back in the class and Jane Lamar, I think that the, the fit makes a lot more sense. And the fact that he is willing to be an athlete designation also helps with the number side because he can fit potentially in a couple different spots. So he's a really talented player. I think he sure does like Notre Dame, but I agree with you. It's not a foregone conclusion. I would, mm-hmm. I would maybe even call them his leader, but I don't think it's a – big separator, right? right? Like, I don't think he's separated from the pack. I think Notre Dame is just hitting the right notes with him right now. The comment he made to you before the visit was huge for Notre Dame. When he said to you, I don't want to be called a running back only. I want to be called an athlete. That's huge because you can con- you can try to convince a kid of how he fits these different positions. But a perfect example, Micah Tease. Notre Dame, Oklahoma, some really good defensive coaches have tried to convince Mike Atiz you're a better defensive player. 
I think he's a better defensive player. I don't know yeah. what your take is on that. No, I, I think his I outside is better there. I agree. But he wants to play offense. Mm-hmm. And and so Oklahoma wasn't, you know, wasn't willing to do that. And so they're not a factor. And so you can convince Jeremiah Love he can do all these other things, but if that's not what he wants to do, then you're done. You have no chance. So the fact that it's what he wants to be considered that I can play anywhere, anywhere at any time. And it's also why the CJ Procise comparison for me make makes so much sense because of you know the fact that CJ started at safety at Notre Dame, not started as a starter, but started playing his career at safety, moved to slot receiver, started, had over 500 yards receiving, and then moves to running back and rushes for a thousand yards. It that comparison makes a lot of sense. But that he's yeah. a guy, Ryan, that 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 you know, I think they're in a good place, but I'm not super confident in that one. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I know that him and Christian Gray have been able to connect. I think that helps them as well. If I had to, pre- you know, we'll, we'll get into like if I had to predict today where we would be in a little bit, but that's definitely is one where closing is going to be very important for this coaching staff. There's no question about it. I agree completely. So there was really only five uncommitted kids on campus this weekend per my count. Yep. Another one, and one is still on campus, so we'll talk briefly about that. That's Charles Jagasaw, but there were two defensive players on campus this week. Now, keep in mind, the original list was going to have two linebackers, Samuel Pemba and Jordan Hall. Mm-hmm. Notre Dame kind of is not stopped recruiting Jordan Hall, and then he committed to Michigan State. I'm not saying those two things went hand in hand. Uh, you know, He hadn't visited Notre Dame yet, so it's not like they were his leader, but I think that helped expedite his decision to pick Michigan State. And then Samuel Pemba was supposed to visit this weekend, but Notre Dame and him agreed to move his visit back, his official visit back to the Clemson game in November. Yep. And he has obviously been on campus a multiple a multiple times already as well. But there were two corners on, on campus. And as we've said, Ryan, they have one receiver, but there's a lot of work to be done there. They have zero corners in the class. This is a position where they have to hit a home run. They hit an absolute home run last week with Christian Gray. And I would say Micah Tease, although now we're looking at him more as an offensive player. And then this week, you have Micah Bell on campus from Texas. Very important player. Definitely a, a must-get along with Christian Gray. But now that Micah Tease is being shifted to an offensive recruit, he's now on the offensive board, now Josiah Wagner becomes an even more important player if Notre Dame is going to take a third corner. They were both on campus this weekend. Let's talk first about Micah Bell, Ryan, because this is one where, let's be honest, on June 4th or 5th, he announced a top 10. He said he's going to commit on July 1st. He's taken one official visit between those times. He has no more official visits scheduled. His one official visit was to Notre Dame. All the writing is on the wall, but at the same time, the visit if the visit doesn't go well, Plans will change. Sure. So, Ryan, how did the visit go this weekend? I, I think it went about as well as it could have, to be honest with you. It was something where there was high interest in Notre Dame. Like you said, when he came out with that top 10, you had teams like Stanford, Duke, Harvard, Vanderbilt, right? So, like, high academic institutions. The fact that he only has one official visit set up is a very good indicator of what he feels about Notre Dame. And the fact that there's nothing else set up is a big indicator of the fact that, you know, that Notre Dame stands a very good chance there. And I think that he went into the week, I uh, weekend, excuse me, and I think that he had high expectations for the visit. I, I don't think anything disappointed. I think that the coaching staff did a fantastic job. I think he really enjoyed the campus. He talked a lot of, with me about before the visit, 
a lot about just the historical part of Notre Dame, right? He just wanted to kind of soak everything in. He wanted to walk around. He just wanted to feel everything, feel the vibes, and see if he was genuinely a fit there. And I think that Notre Dame hit all all the all the all the perspectives that they needed to with the Micah Bell because he is also a very thoughtful and very soft spoken, which is odd for a corner a little bit, right? Because that, that's usually a, a talking position. But he's a really smart, well, you know, well spoken kid who. I think would be a great fit at Notre Dame if he ends up landing there. And I would, and I know that we use a lot of people and me included. Sometimes we use the word must get a little too often. This kid's a must get in my opinion. I wrote an article last week about it because you feel good about where you are with Christian gray, who was a visitor the previous weekend. But if Micah tease is truly, like you said, a wide receiver now on the board, then you need a high upside cornerback on this, in this class. And I think that that's Micah bell. Although Christian Gray may ultimately be higher ranked across the board if both of them by end some. up in the class by yeah. some, by a, a few. I think I saw Christian Gray was 51 on, on three or 247, yeah. something like that. Yeah. But my, my point is, is that Micah Bell's upside is just through the roof, man. Like this kid mm-hmm. could be as good as he wants to be and as good as this coaching staff can allow him to be. So he is an absolute must get in the class. And you have to feel good about Notre Dame right now with him. Ryan, so when you, you first of all, just to follow up on your point, because uh, just to kind of give people support of what Ryan, what's Ryan's talking about here, we'll look at the industry comparison. Uh, Micah Bell is ranked higher on 247 Sports. He's ranked 55th. Uh, he is 155th by um, by 247. Micah is ranked higher on ESPN as well, 128 to 149. Christian is ranked much higher on Rivals. He's 51. That's it. Uh, Micah Bell's 114. And then on three, Christian Gray's ranked 150th. And on three, absurdly has him as the number 63 player in the state of Texas. And a three so star, that's right? The one outlier. <laughs> that's an absurd, absurd ranking. Mm-hmm. Uh, the point is, is that yes, th- there is a discussion, but he- here's my point about Micah Bell. And here's why he's flat out a musket. And you're correct. We can use in, in this industry, we can use words like musket, elite, you know, things like that that we can use often. He's a must get in so many ways because it's not often that you find a kid that's that that is that checks every single box that Notre Dame is looking for, right? Like what oh Notre Dame needs more top corners. Okay, well, he's a top corner. Well, it's hard to find top corners that are great academic fits. Well, him and Christian Gray are both great academic fits, as is Josiah Wagner, by the way, which we'll get into here in a second. And then the other part is what is the one thing. And some to a degree, it's true, and to a degree, it's overhyped, you know, because we've talked a lot about this about what Notre Dame there's a misconception about Notre Dame as a program, but it's speed. Well, I don't know if there's a faster cornerback in the country than Micah Bell, he's certainly in the conversation. I mean, you're talking about a kid that has run a wind aided 10 3 in the 100 meter dash, and his personal record on a normal situation is 10-4 and he's consistently running 10-4s and 10-5s he's also junior in track he's also sub 21 in the 200 which is flying exactly as a junior yeah as a junior so he's a he's a unique kid and and you know i talked to some sources this weekend ryan and, and you and i talked about this his mom was super engaging this weekend, like asking a ton of questions, like all academic oriented. This is a kid that runs a 10-4 who had Notre Dame, Stanford, Vanderbilt, Duke, and Harvard in his top 10. His brother signed with Georgia last year. 
right? And and so this is a real unique kid. And and that's why that even adds to why you have to be, you have to get this kid. And Notre Dame did everything possible to, to make that happen. And uh, they're in a great position heading into his decision, which is now in a little over two weeks, right? It's going to be on July 1st. So um, this one is winding down. Notre Dame did a great job. Josiah Wagner was the other kid on campus. And He's a he's an interesting guy, Ryan, because he's a guy that Notre Dame got on kind of late. Uh, they offered him was it was it May or was it early June? It, it's it, it's been recent. I mean, it was very it was recent. May. Yeah, it could have been May, but it, it wasn't that long ago. Uh, talented player, but mm-hmm. obviously, if you're Notre Dame, you're you're getting in a little late, right? He's got official visits coming up this summer. Uh, he mm-hmm. visited uh, Notre Dame this weekend. He's going to Cal next weekend. Texas is he's been to Texas several times or he's been to Texas in May. He went to he's been to Oregon. I don't know what other visits he has coming up. I don't know what his time frame is. I ran. I don't think you have those answers either. No. I don't know if he's going to decide soon or if he's going to take this on for a while. We don't know. But what we did do know is that Notre Dame got their first shot to uh, make an impression on Josiah Wagner this weekend. And, and with what little info we have been able to gather, it sounds like it. it Ryan, I don't believe you've talked to Josiah yet, right? So the info we've gathered is talking to people who either were around him or have connections to him some way, somehow. So we're just being honest about where this intel is coming from, which is why he is last of the guys that visited. It sounds like things went extremely well with him this Mm -hmm. weekend. Notre Dame made it clear to him that you are a guy we want. You're not a if-we-miss candidate. And I think that was an important thing for him this weekend on top of I was told his dad asked a bunch of academic questions this weekend. He's another kid whose parents, whose push, family push is you're going to pick a school that's going to allow you to be, thrive athletically and academically, It's just what, which is why he was on campus in there in this weekend. And he's visiting Cal Berkeley next weekend, yeah. right? So it just kind of backs that up. But uh, I think answering the question of, okay, where do I stand with you was a really important piece to this visit weekend for Josiah Wagner. I know we'll reiterate it later in the show because I think there was a question about it, but the fact is that from everything we're hearing, Josiah Wagner is a take for Notre Dame. Like, let's just get that out of the way, right? Because we had questions about that at first. Right? Sure. I mean, we had questions about that at first. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I was very curious if that was dependent upon the safety recruiting, Caleb Downs, you know, if there's three safeties versus two corners, three corners versus two safeties. It, it, it's, a, it's a question mark because Notre Dame is getting to the point now where you're getting to the the number that you can take and you're just trying to figure out what the final numbers per position are going to look like. And this is a kid who's been a little bit of a, a late bloomer, I guess, from a, re- a recruiting perspective. I mean, he got his offer from Texas late in February. He got his offer from Notre Dame May 9th and then got Oklahoma the day after on May 10th. So he's heard from some really substantial programs in a pretty short amount of time and pretty recently here. So I was told from a, from his coach actually just kind of exchanging messages that he was the, thrilled to get the offer. He has a very high opinion of Notre Dame and just kind of the prestige around Notre Dame. And I, I'm still waiting to hear a little feedback as far as what he what he thought of the trip. You know, we're just hearing obviously um, some people around kind of the situation, what what their um, perception was of how the visit went. But I think Notre Dame is in an interesting spot because they haven't been on him li- um, very long but neither have a lot of other schools to be honest so I think they're on an even playing field I want to figure out like you said what does the timeline look like 
because I think this kid is really valuable in this mm-hmm. class. Because if you get Christian Graves a little bit longer than both of them, and then you get a Michael Bell who's the speedster and high upside kid, then you got a guy like a Josiah Wagner who I keep comparing a little bit to Byron Murphy or like a Julian Love, right? Like he can work a little bit inside out. I can even see him playing some safety down the road, really technically refined and great zone instincts and great spatial awareness, right? And you need that type of player in this system. Like I could see long-term if you get all three of them, Micah Bell and Christian Gray are starting outside corners. And then you have a guy like a Josiah Wagner who's your starting nickel. And then he's mm-hmm. moving all over the secondary. Like I could see that happening. So Notre Dame likes Wagner. Wagner is... A definite must, uh, well, a definite take for them right now. They would love to have him in the class, and I think he brings a lot of versatility to the secondary potentially. Just we need to figure out what the timeline looks like with him. I think what it also helps, Ryan, is it allows you to have more flexibility should a need arise at safety or should a guy be good enough to where this kid's got to play, he's our fourth corner, let's move him to safety, whether that be Jaden Bellamy. You feel a lot more comfortable doing that, whether it be Philip Riley whether it be one of the corners in this class. Although right now I have not heard anything about any of them being safeties. I've been told corner, corner, corner. The point, however, is if you bring these three kids in, let's say, and in the two-year class, you've got Benjamin Morrison, Jaden Mickey, Jaden Bellamy, Micah Bell, Christian Gray, and Josiah Wagner can't all play. There's a couple guys in that group that you look at and say, boy, that kid could play nickel. That kid could be a safety right, to where it could help you in that regard too. But you can only do that when you are strong numbers-wise at the one position of quality talent. And Josiah Gray, let's just say hypothetically that Notre Dame were able to, they were able to land him. He is a consensus four-star recruit that ranks as high as number 120 by 247 sports. He's the lowest ranked of the three corners. That, that would be impressive. And if they were able to land him, that would make Benjamin Morrison the fifth highest ranked corner in the last two years, which is patently absurd. Uh, that, but the, that's the point though. They're all four-star kids. And I think, so you're upgrading the talent level as well. So I I'm curious to see if Notre Dame is going to be able to, con- you know, cause you say the time frame, mm-hmm. the other two corners are committing before then Micah Bell right. is going to commit somewhere on my, July 1st. Christian Gray is going to commit on July 4th. If Notre Dame lands both of them. And right now, you know, well, I will say right now we'll, we'll get into that when we get into our confidence level. But Notre Dame's in a great position with both of those. That's when we're going to really find out how interested Josiah Wagner is in Notre Dame. Sure. If they get two commitments. And that's the interesting part about his time frame. And we're going to find out about Notre Dame is I think you can really make an impression on a young man when you pick up two commitments at corner. And then the first phone call you make is, hey, man, just this is what we talked about, right? Like, we want you to. And this mm-hmm. is why. Uh, look who we start the season off in 2022 against. Look who we finish the season off in 2022 against. Two corners isn't enough. Yeah. Three corners isn't enough. And mm-hmm. and that's the selling point, right? And so that's what we're going to find out. But that is that is where they are with Josiah Wagner. Okay. And and I would just like to say, Brian, after a year after getting Benjamin Morrison and Jaden Mickey, if Notre Dame in back-to-back years now gets a Micah Bell, a Christian Gray, and then potentially a Josiah Wagner, can we put this thing that Notre sure. Dame can't recruit corners to bed finally? Yeah, can we it, should already, it should already be. No, because then the complaint is, well, it's not enough top 100 guys. <sighs> and then they land a couple – oh, it's not enough five stars. It's always going to be something, right? But look, if well, you I, can – I'm sorry. I love that post though. I, I forget who posted it, but I, I think it was somebody from two, four, seven or something that did the, the oh uh, recruiting rankings and, and they had a, you know, Cam Hart, Oh, three star starting in the second. It's like, <laughs> like, oh, okay. So he's going to get torched by Julian Fleming. Who's a five star. Cause Cam was a three star. Okay. Exactly. Perhaps the recruiting rankings were wrong. 
So yeah, when that's all you have, you're you're not talking big. Boy. You're you're not in a you're not in a grown up conversation at that point in time. So I, I have no use for that. I'll say this though. I mean, first of all, the the way Mike Mickens has recruited cornerback, his first two classes should kind of should have silenced a lot of people. If he closes on just two of these three kids, it should be like okay, conversation is over, right? And now it's about proof because you can. There's a there's a ceiling on on just how good I think you can do recruiting wise when you haven't put a kid in the first round in almost twenty years. I'm sorry, it's just the reality of it. Over twenty years, I'm sorry because no, hold on a second. 1993, yeah, it's been over twenty years. It's going almost thirty years since they've had a first round cornerback taken. The fact that he's recruiting the way that he is, I think, speaks volumes. But he's got to close, right? That's the key. The next mm-hmm. two weeks are going to be crucial. Next three weeks are going to be crucial yep. because those guys make decisions. And you got them all on campus. Now it's time to close. Because, look, basically it, it's it's almost like you got to hit an inside straight, right? Because they're they're not really in on just Caleb Presley. They they tried. He just wasn't super interested, right? And we, we've talked to him. You've talked to him before. Notre Dame tried to get in with him. For whatever reason, he wasn't that interested. I think as they climbed back up with Christian Gray, that took mm-hmm. a little bit of their desire to push for Caleb Presley away because yep. yep. Christian Gray was always kind of that number one boundary type of guy on the board. When he was fading away to LSU and Ohio State, I think they had to really ramp up the Caleb Presley recruitment. Didn't really go anywhere. They stayed mm-hmm. on Christian Gray and have obviously got themselves back in a great spot. And they and they're not and they're not going after Plan B players like you no. said. I just want to reiterate that again. Right? They they, I mean, let's call it what it is. They stopped recruiting Malik Muhammad because they liked Christian Gray and they liked Micah Bell and they liked that group better. Like I mean, that that is pretty much the point blank to it, right? So we can talk maybe down the road if if it's a bad evaluation, but either way, Notre Dame is setting their guys on the board and they are going after the players that they like, and they have an opportunity to get two out of three. Like it's, it's uh, maybe three. We'll see what happens, but it's, they're putting themselves in a really good spot. Cornerback wise. So let's talk about the one guy right now that is still on campus, Ryan. And that is, I believe he's still on campus. That's Charles Jagasaw. We were told that he showed up Saturday night, sort of the night before the official visit really kicks off, which means he basically has until tonight to stay on campus. And that's another big one too, because as we have said for a very, 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 very long time, this has been a one where Notre Dame has been a great position for a while. Michigan tried very hard, did a good job. Iowa has done a very good job. Arkansas has done a very good job. But this is one where Notre Dame has been in a really good position for quite some time. And he is on campus now. And the, the, the thing now, Ryan, is just basically sealing the deal. Right. And that's what these next couple of days are going to be about with with Charles, because it's all about his mom. And that was the key. Getting mom on campus and, and getting mom to sign off. It's been a beautiful couple of days in South Bend. And uh, I have a feeling that things are going to go. Well, I've never heard of a. have literally never heard. And, and I've been covering recruiting 15 years. Mm-hmm. I've been a Notre Dame fan following recruiting since the you know, since the early 2000s. And as even as a kid, I would follow recruiting and you know reading the, the magazines and such. But. I've never heard of a mom not liking the visit in Notre Dame. Literally, I don't think I could have ever heard that, especially a mom that came in with a looking to like it, right? So I, I think if if the concern is, well, is mom going to like it or not, that's usually a good sign for Notre Dame when you come into a visit and all you have to do is win mom over, and that's usually a good sign for Notre Dame. There's no doubt about that. This is one that hasn't changed. It's it's not going to change for, for what it seems the foreseeable future. Notre Dame feels like they're in a really good spot with Charles Jagasaw. We're going to have obviously more updates on how the visit went, but 
I mean, it, this kind this kind of feels this kind of feels like a Jason Moore type of moment, right? Because we talked about Jason Moore needing to meet the coach, and that might be the last step in his recruitment. I think having mom on campus with Charles might be potentially the last step. We'll see exactly when the timeline ends, but I continue to feel really good about Charles Jagasaw standing with Notre Dame. Yeah, uh, yeah, it's gonna to me. It, it's it's what we've always felt. It was always more of a, a when, not if situation with Charles Jagasaw. So Ryan, here's what I want to do next. Our next segment is going to is going to be at a situation. We're going to talk. We're going to kind of go confidence level. We're going to discuss where we stand, where we think things stand, our confidence level for Notre Dame landing players based on the last couple of weeks. And so we're going to focus on guys that have been on campus these last couple of weeks. We're going to kind of go position by position and, and dive into just kind of how things went. Now, obviously, some of them, obviously, they went well. Elijah Page, uh, 10, <laughs> right? I mean, since he has since committed – uh to Notre Dame that year so we're gonna we're gonna do that let's begin let's begin with running back and we'll kind of dive back into the Jeremiah Love conversation first of all what's your confidence level and why and what does Notre Dame need need to do to close and then what would be your concern that's kind of how the format that we'll go with these I would say right now I would go with a seven I think a seven is a safe number I think that Notre Dame you could argue maybe the leader but one what is the end timeline going to look like? I don't think you 100% know that. And I think it's still open to other schools as possibly getting hard into this conversation with a Jeremiah Love. So I think Notre Dame really needs to just continue to reemphasize. You know, he's been very, very complimentary of, of Coach McCullough and Coach Freeman as far as how often they're calling and the quality of those conversations. I think he, they still need to push, keep pushing, keep pushing, even if it's not in person. They really need to close on that one. So I think they have a chance to close. I'm going to keep it at a seven, though, just because I think that it's still open for other schools potentially to get involved here or at least continue to push for this one. Oh, so what would you say your confidence level was on him? Seven. I'm at a six just because yeah. I because of this. some of the schools are really hammering the running back aspect of this. And so I'm very curious to see. He's talked about other things. But I'm going to go six right now. I like where Notre Dame is at, but I just I'm I'm a little bit more cautious on that one. Let's talk Richard Young. So let's just I'll let you start, Ryan, and I'll I'll go from there. I I think so. I have a mailbag coming out, and someone asked me my confidence level over Richard Young. It's still a three. Like it's a it's a three. I think for me, you could sell me on a four. I need to see what's the next step, though, because I know Richard had said something about that it was a great visit. Obviously, we have gotten feedback that it was sure. a great visit. I, I apparently he it's talk getting, to media, by the way, exactly, yeah. But it's been thrown out there that he may want to get back for a sure. game sometime this fall. Sure. If that happens, I've heard that as well, yeah. then yeah. things start escalating a little bit for me, right? But for now, I think it's still a pipe dream, so I'll keep it at three. I think there's some interest, but I need to see actions next for that one to become real for me. I'm going to say four. I'm slightly higher because I, I can't stay where I was because he has since visited Notre Dame and it went well. So I have to up it a little bit. I, I think four, but I, I see it. Here's here's the difference between this situation and past situations with top running backs. Twofold. Number one is the easy like cop-out answer. It's a better staff. Okay, fine. There you go. 
But I, but the other part is, this is one of those ones that's different than most. He's almost the exact opposite of every recruitment on the board, with the exception of maybe Samuel and Pemba. But really, it's most of these recruitments, it's like if they drag into the fall, I'm getting nervous. His is if it drags into the fall, I'm feeling better and better and better about Notre Dame's chances. Because if he committed today, he's not picking Notre Dame. There's no way. He's going to pick Bama or Georgia. However, if this sucker drags into the fall, a couple things are going to happen that I think are very pro Notre Dame. One, he's going to get back for a game. And I think he would enjoy that atmosphere. And if Notre Dame is smart, they're going to get him back for Clemson or Stanford. So it's a night game, that kind of thing. Number two, the run game product that I think Notre Dame is going to put on the field this year is going to be good, in my opinion. And I think that's going to help him. If Audric Estimate is able to have an effective year, whether it's on five carries a game or 20 carries a game, they're going to at least have his level of production, any production that Logan Diggs has, and be able to say, look, this is you, right? And now imagine what you could do behind this line. The on-field product is going to help Notre Dame with Richard Young. Third piece, Bama and Georgia are not going to wait around. There's other guys on the board. You know, there, there's Justice Haynes. There is Cedric Baxter. There's a lot of other backs that Bama and Georgia are both looking at that if they land those guys in the meantime, then I think Notre Dame has a very good shot. Because right now, based I'm still a four, but I'm leaning closer to five than I am three, simply because I'm looking at how the board is falling. I, I think you could make a case that Notre Dame is no worse than fourth now with him, and they're battling with Oklahoma for that three spot. That's a good place to be because all three of those schools got a chance at filling up at running back before he makes a decision. Now, he's not a kid that's going to be afraid of competition. So could I see you know Cedric Baxter picking Bama and Richard Young still picking Bama? Yeah, yeah, because this kid's not going to be afraid of competition. But I think that that would at least be the thing where if, if things are close – that could be the thing that wins Notre Dame over. That's the key here. Yep. And so he's not your typical stereotypical five-star back from the South mm-hmm. and, and all that that means. This is a kid that's looking at things a little bit differently than normal top backs. And if he's willing to be patient, then I think that stacks, that bodes very well for Notre Dame because then you can still sell the on-field product. But listen, they got a five-star running back to visit campus a year after they had a crap running game. Think about that. A crap Mm -hmm. running game. If they're going to do what you and I think that they're going to do this year on the field, Ryan, with the run game, Mm -hmm. that's only going to boost you with him. And so those are the reasons that I say, yes, I'm at a four right now, but I'm at an optimistic four, (laughs) if that that makes sense. That does. Uh, Because of – the situation. So that is one that you're hoping kind of does drag into the fall that he does decide he wants to go see games this season, because I have a feeling that Notre Dame is going to uh, is going to go out there and put a really, really good product on the field. Uh, And I think it's something that's going to impress him very, very much. I'll I'll say this. Richard Young looked very, very sharp in a Notre Dame uniform. That number nine was, was looking good, man. So again, it's like you said, if this one goes into the fall and it's a legitimate open conversation, quote unquote, right? I feel better about it because I think that Notre Dame, if they can get it back on campus, I think that'll 
sway sure. me a little bit. It'll definitely sure. push it up the board a little bit for me. They have to get him back on again for me to feel like they're going to get him. Unless, like I said, the the exception would be is if those two teams land big time backs between now and then. Sure. That would be the only thing that could maybe maybe sway it to me. Here's another thing that's going to sound weird, mm-hmm. but I believe his dad came on the visit with him. In the past, when they've had similar situations like this, it was usually either a mom or nobody was on campus with those five-star backs. Yeah. And I don't want to dive too much into this, but it's usually a good sign when a dad comes up on a visit like this with a kid. Mm-hmm. Just because it, it it just tells me that there's a little bit more interest there. And I don't want to dive too too deep into that for a million different reasons, but that was something that I looked at and said, oh, okay, that's interesting. That's an interesting development because I had heard it might be his mom that was going to come, but the fact that his dad came said, okay, that that's a positive sign for Notre Dame. In my opinion, that his dad came with him. And, and, and from what I've just, we haven't heard a lot, but from what I've heard about mm-hmm. the kind of, the kind of conversations that his dad was having, like, he, I'll be honest with you. When you, when you're on these visits, the conversations that parents have with coaches tell you a lot about whether or not you actually have a chance with this kid. And this is especially true of running backs and quarterbacks. And from what I've been told of the conversations that his dad was having, it piqued my interest. Like, hmm, I actually think they're serious about Notre Dame. It doesn't necessarily change my odds in regards to the prediction, but I feel like there's actually a seriousness about this recruitment. Whereas before I was like, is this just because Notre Dame's the hot program? Or is there a, is there a more deep reason he's coming? I believe now that there's a more deep reason he's coming and that gives them a puncher's chance. And like I said, they got them on campus to your point, Ryan, if they can get them back on campus, that certainly helps a ton. Certainly helps a ton. I agree completely. So let's move on to the next position wide receiver. Let's go Ronan. Han- let's start with Ronan Hannafin. Yeah. I would say for me, I'm at a, a 10. I mean, I, I think that Notre Dame went into the visit knowing that this was their chance to really solidify things because the, the heavy hitters are coming out for them, right? Alabama, Oklahoma, USC, Georgia recently. So you knew that you had to hit this one out of the park the, uh, the previous weekend. I think it did. I, I Everything that I am hearing and everything that I feel, I feel like if Ronan makes a decision sometime soon, you have to feel good about where Notre Dame is with it, right? So – I would say that they were in a very strong position. I would say a 10 for it in Hanifin. I can never go to a 10 for a kid who's not committed, right? So that's just a – that's just a – I just can't do it. That's a personal thing. I have no problem with your 10. Ronan Hannafin is as close to a, that as I can get without saying 10. Gotcha. Uh, and I felt that way for a long time. I mean, so I'm, I'm at a 9-plus – Mm-hmm. This was this was never one where I really felt like anybody was going to get him. It was more about how's the process going to play out. And right. as the process played out, you my opinion changed a little bit because he legitimately likes likes not liked likes Clemson. Uh, Coach Sweeney has really done a great job recruiting him in personally, uh, and I think the fact look, look I'm going to tell you something right now. Marcus Freeman, Dabo Sweeney, and Nick Saban are all heavily involved in this kid's recruitment. 
can we stop with the star ranking thing with him? There's already a, a silly star ranking conversation going on in the chat right now, which is driving me absolutely crazy. <laughs> but like, th- so what matters more that he was a three star or that Nick Saban, Dabo Sweeney and Marcus Freeman all are personally recruiting this kid along with like Tommy Reese took this kid's recruitment over to a degree. Now, Chancey Stuckey's still heavily involved, but like this is one where Tommy Reese made it a personal project. This is a big time football player. And Clemson has given him a lot to think about. I believe he's still on his visit to Bama. There were some travel issues that got his visit started late. So I don't Mm -hmm. think it actually started until yesterday, I believe. Mm -hmm. So he's on visit. He's on campus of Bama now. Nick Saban wants him for the position that Will Anderson plays, which just tells you about this kid's versatility. Now, they're not going to ask him to do the things that Will Anderson did. That position, my understanding is that position is designed to be a more all-around position but they've tailored it to Will Anderson because he's a flipping phenomenal pass rusher. Mm-hmm. So it's not like they're going to recruit him thinking he's going to have 30 tackles for loss and 17 and a half sacks. It's meant to be a little bit of a different position. It's like, it's position. like a, it's like, it's like a Sam backer. They can play in space. Could also play right. on ball. Like, right. yeah, you got kind of the, it's, versatile it's like thing. the Viper, what the Viper was last year, a little right. bit, you know, but even more of a drop linebacker as opposed to a defensive end that can drop, it's a linebacker that can also rush is basically how it is and more of a three down type of look. So when, when you look at it that way, uh, that's where they're recruiting him. The offensive staff wanted him as well. Bill O'Brien tried to convince Nick Saban that he was an offensive player. Nick Saban is going to get the final say on that one. But I have been told that Nick Saban said, dude, if you want to play offense, we'll give you a shot to play offense. And, and so I think that says a lot. I think he'll go to BC next weekend as well and visit Boston College next weekend. They've done a great job recruiting him as well, obviously the home state school. But I feel very, very good about where Notre Dame stands. I've always felt good about where Notre Dame stands. But they've had to weather some storms. They have. Yep. I mean, there there has been legitimate interest in Clemson and Alabama. But I feel like Notre Dame is, is continues to be in a great position here. And they just have to make sure that they can – get through these next couple weekends and continue to remind uh, Ronan where he stands. I think the visit was, was important mm-hmm. because there were still questions. Like he loves Notre Dame. The family loves Notre Dame, but there were still questions about, is this the best place for us though? Football wise, academically, it's an old brainer. Notre Dame had some serious questions. They had to answer for him during the visit and they did that tremendously well. Yep, And so there is no question anymore about where Notre Dame is recruiting him. It's as a receiver. Mm-hmm. And there's no question about whether or not he is a guy that Tommy Reese likes or Marcus Freeman likes or Chancey Stuckey likes. It's now very clear that they all like him. And so that is, that is a big, uh, was a big part of that as well. So uh, that is one that I think, uh, is, is is very important for Notre Dame as well to to, to feel good there. Let's yep. go next to Jaden Greathouse. That's your guy. Let's talk about where things stand with Jaden Greathouse, who visited this last weekend. Ryan, what's your confidence level, mm-hmm. and what does Notre Dame need to do to uh, to bolster that or get this kid in the class? See, I would say it's a nine right now because I feel like Notre Dame is in a great position. I would call them pretty compellingly is that word compellingly whatever if it's not we're just gonna i'm gonna say that i think that they have now started to show a little bit of separation with themselves as the number one program the only reason that it's a nine and not a ten is because he is adamant about extending his process right like going into the season that's the only reason that it knocks it down a little bit but if it was today i feel good about what notre dame is 
And ultimately, I feel good about where Notre Dame is going to go because I don't know. I just feel like maybe a little too much of separation has happened, but yeah. anything could happen. But I'm going to go with a nine for Jaden Greathouse right now. I'm there too. I think the only way I get nervous is if somebody new jumps on the board. Oklahoma, Texas, and South Carolina are not going to beat Notre Dame for Jaden Greathouse, in my opinion. Like you said, barring something changing dramatically. The only thing that I think could change that is if a Bama, a Georgia, uh, somebody like that got involved. I don't see that happening right now, but if that happened, then then if he goes into the fall and that happens and he makes trips to those schools, that could maybe make me a little bit nervous. But as of the way things stand right now, it's a nice. It's just look, just be patient, right? Like continue to stress. We really want you. Here's why we want you to decide this summer. But if he wants to wait, you wait because he's the kid that's worth waiting for, in my opinion. There's no doubt about that. Yep. Last one, Rico Flores. Actually, we have two more. I forgot about Micah Tease because I keep having him down in the athlete category, but we are moving him into the receiver category. Yep. Let's go Rico Flores. Obviously, his visit, his Georgia visit got canceled this weekend. He's going to Ohio State as of now, this upcoming weekend. Uh, so where what is your confidence level in Rico Flores? And uh, what's the next, what's the move for Notre Dame there? I think I said eight last week. I think the Georgia visit being canceled helped the case a little bit, right? Because we obviously the, the three finalists have been Notre Dame, Ohio State, and Georgia. The fact that Georgia got canceled, I think, is a good step for Notre Dame. Ohio State was the one, though, that's been one that I need to monitor, right? So I'll say that I'm up to an eight and a half. I feel a little better than last week, but I need to see how that Ohio State visit goes. That's going to be a determiner for me. That's a big key. I will say this. I'm a lot more confident that Notre Dame can win this battle, even if Ohio State pushes for him now than I was two weeks ago. Two weeks ago, I would have, if you would have asked me this question, heck, Ryan, a week and a half ago, if you'd have asked me this question, if Ohio State makes a hard push for that kid, does he pick Ohio State or does Notre Dame have a chance? I'd have said Notre Dame has no chance. No chance. If Ohio State pushes for him and says, we want you, we need you in this class, I would have said, he's going to Ohio State. That's changed a little bit for me. And that's because of the visit to Notre Dame. This is why it's always important. You always have to be careful making staunch projections when a kid hasn't visited Notre Dame yet. And I mean, we said that, look, the visit could change things, but based on where things are right now, that's the case. Because he'd been to Ohio State. He loves Ohio State. He'd never been to Notre Dame. Well, he got to Notre Dame. Mom was on campus. Mom loves Notre Dame. So there's ally number one. Rico is a very high academic kid, as we've talked about in the past. He's got an offer from Yale and, you know, in Ohio State. Now, what I've been told is Ohio State, especially with Noah Rogers, that was an interesting recruitment. So Ohio State had three guys they really wanted in this class, on top of the kid that they already have, Bryson Rogers. They wanted to land Carnell Tate, who they got today. They wanted to land Brandon Ennis. They're battling Bama for him. They've been considered the leader for Brandon Ennis for a long time. Bama would make me nervous if I was them, especially since he's talked about wanting to wait for a while to commit. But Ohio State is the leader for him. They've done a good job there. And then the other one was Noah Rogers from North Carolina. Well, now all the scuttlebutt is, and this is just what we're hearing and what we're seeing, is it sounds like he left his Ohio State visit early to go to NC State, and now NC State's considered the leader, which tells me – a. An NIL, somebody stepped up with an NIL deal for that one. And now it's looking like he's going to go to NC State. So I fully expect Ohio State to push for Rico Flores. Fully expect that. 
but I have I am a lot more confident right now that Notre Dame can win that battle, even if that happens, than I was before. I'm still at an I'm still I'm up to eight. You were at eight. I'm up to eight. I was at like a five, maybe less going into the visit. I'm up to eight now because I think Notre Dame did such a great job during his visit. And when Rico tweeted something out yesterday, he put like Notre Dame, he put like the shamrock with the question mark. The fact that he's still doing that and from the conversations he's having with other players and and stuff like that a week after that visit tells you a lot. Because that's the big thing is the visit can be a home run, but if if that feeling doesn't last, right? Then I mean you could go out on a date with a girl, Ryan, and 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 it goes phenomenal, right? Mm-hmm. But it's like, but then a couple of days later, you're like, ah, oh, it was fun, but I'm not feeling it, right? I mean, okay, you, there may be a second date, but probably not, right? It's it's when that thing persists, and every day you wake up and you're just thinking about it, right? Mm-hmm. That's when you know you got something special, right? That's why you and I are married, right? <laughs> so, um, because we found that. Not to, each, not to each other. Not to, to each other. To, we are both yes. married individually. <laughs> you just had to make it weird. Um, but uh, that is that is what has happened with Notre Dame. Once he made the visit, Rico's kind of now waking up every day, feeling that vibe again about Notre Dame. And I think that's the thing that gives me the most confidence in regards to the fact that I think they can finish this one out. Even if Ohio State makes a push, which we expect. Yeah. So yeah, Ryan made that one. Weird I'm, so, I'm sorry. It was, it was funny. Me. It I'm sorry. Me. I said I'm we're funny. both married. I didn't say we're married each other. Both means separate. I think your exact words were that's why we're married. That's why we're both married. Yeah. Right? Okay. I, I don't think both so, was in it, but <laughs> moving on. Let's go look at the tape. Um, <laughs> that's why he's married to his wife and I'm married to Angela. Uh but um but that's the thing, though, Ryan, is like, can you keep that vibe going? Because mm-hmm. if that vibe is gone by the time he gets to Columbus, they're, it's done. He's going to go to Ohio State, mm-hmm. right? But the vibe is still there with Notre Dame now, a week later. That's a great sign. It's a great sign. So my confidence level has gone up. You went from like, what, what did you say, eight to eight and a half? Yeah, yeah. I've trending, gone up from well. like five to six to eight. So yours went – yeah, my, my, mine's like a little more, you know, well, you were even killed. You're like, because well, you were already <laughs> yeah. there. Like, and you had talked to Rico uh-huh. and you'd felt better about that position than I did going in. So you were here. I was here. Now we're much closer than we were before. Did you see who, uh, who quote tweeted the Rico Flores um, tweet that you were talking about? That, uh, some five-star quarterback from Michigan, wasn't it? <laughs> Sure did, man. Yeah. Sure did. Uh, with the yeah. with the shamrock and the question mark as well. So you, you love yeah. to see it, man. You love to see it. Yeah. Somebody said in the chat that the, the thing about him leaving Ohio State to go to NC State is false. So if that's false, it's false. But that's what I had seen multiple places. That, that was the case. But NC State is the team that is trending there. I think that is the thing that opens up the door for Rico Flores and Ohio State. But again, I still feel good about where Notre Dame is going into that one. But, but I'm still going to have it in the back of my mind, Ryan that this is the place that Rico loved for the longest time and they get the last crack at it. But yeah, I mean, look, this is what we talked about though. That's why it was so important to get CJ Carr on campus last weekend to meet Rico, to meet Braylon James, to meet Ronan Hannafin, to meet Micah Tease. It was very important. Yep. Let's wrap, let's wrap up with Matt Micah Tease for the offensive, uh, the offensive skill positions, Ryan. Mm-hmm. Micah Tease, what's your confidence level? Where do you th- see things trending moving forward? I think last week I was at a six. I'll say it is 
six and a half. It's somewhat in the in the right direction. I just it's just it's a tough one to read, man. Like it's just a little difficult. I I like to think that Notre Dame is in the top two for him, right? Like I think it's a Notre Dame USC battle. I'm just I just for whatever reason, this one isn't quantifiable at all because I think he had a really good visit with Notre Dame last weekend. I just I just don't I don't know. My vibe has just changed on that one. There's just something in me that just says I'm not as confident as I once was. So I I, I think Notre Dame has a shot, but for now I'm just going to say six and a half because there's something in me right now that's just like, huh, I, I'm not sure about that one anymore. Yeah. It's weird. I'm, it's a weird I'm at feeling. a five, and it's what I've been saying all along. I think the fact that Notre Dame had to reverse course to you to 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 us to to receivers hurt them. Now, I could change that coming if if he doesn't commit soon to USC after the visit to USC, I'll start feeling better and better and better because I think there's a lot about Notre Dame that Mike Atiz loves. I think the only thing that USC has going for it right now is the offense they run and the fact that they've been talking to him as an offensive player from the beginning. If Notre Dame is able to convince him to let the process play out a little bit and and give them more and more time to convince him receiver, 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 then I think that's going to be a big part. And I think that's part of the reason they canceled the visit with Christian Hamilton was this, you know, for, it was for several reasons, but I, I think it is also a, a, a sort of a, um, Hey, Micah, we're letting you know, right? Like we just canceled a visit with a kid we think we could have got because you're, you're the dude we want there. You're, you're the slot that we want in this club because he's the only slot player on the board. And I think that could help them out, in my opinion. I think that that's that's a very important piece to this. Let's go offensive line, Ryan, and let's start off with Charles Jagasaw. What is your confidence level for Charles, and uh, how do you see this one playing out? On my scale, it's a ten. Still, I I think if the decision was today, it would be Ohio, it would be Notre Dame. I think that it's about when is it going to come to an end. I think that the there's been several programs that Michigan and Arkansas, you mentioned. We've mentioned Iowa for a while that have done a good job with Charles, but I I just really think that the fit just makes so much sense. So I'll I'll say ten because I I just think that Notre Dame has a chance to close this one out pretty soon. I'm at I'm in the same place with him as I was with Ronan Hannafin. Yeah, right? I don't do tens unless you're committed, and even some committed kids I wouldn't give a ten. <laughs> so, uh, but I mean I, I've been we've been confident in this. I mean Ryan, our story hasn't changed on this one. Our stance mm-hmm. hasn't changed on this one since what January? Yep. Right when I hired you. So when I hired you and Sean, like our confidence level in Charles Jagasaw when their name offered was sky high. It's stayed sky high. Uh, I think the Michigan's done a nice job. I think that Iowa's done a nice job. I think Arkansas has done a nice – they've all actually done great jobs that they've been able to convince them to let this thing play out as long as it has. I mean, really good jobs. I mean, com- I commend all those staffs on how well they've done on him. But this one is this one has been uh, going in Notre Dame's direction for a, a while. We, we've been feeling good about this one since he was Charles Jagusa. So it's been a while. Yeah, agree. <laughs> Monroe Freeling. Okay, so we're not going to dive too much into where things stand there. We're going to give our confidence levels, but we're going to we're going to we're going to there 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 has been something that has been has created a bit of a wedge here that we're not going to dive into. It's not anything Notre Dame has done. It's not necessarily anything that Monroe has done. There have been some outside influences that have created a, a problem for Notre Dame. 
that I don't know if they're going to be able to weather. And it's unfortunate. And I wish that it, that it wasn't the impact that it had. I don't know if there's anything Notre Dame can do about it per se. We'll, we'll get into it down the road. Whenever Monroe makes his decision for Notre Dame, for someone else, we'll dive into it other than to say, I just don't, um, I don't, I, I don't feel as good about that one now based mm-hmm. on some things that I think are somewhat to a degree outside of Notre Dame's control and some things that were said that have uh, presented a, a a view of the recruitment that is not accurate and reflects how Notre Dame viewed the recruitment. And that's about all I'll say. Yeah. Uh, And no, I won't think twice. I just wish you all would just sometimes listen to us. It's not NIL related. Just sometimes just, just we, we have to one of two things. You can either listen to us and just be patient, let it play out, or we just won't say things, right. We'll just, we'll just keep it to ourselves. Right. Just let it play out. It's it's not something like that, okay? That Why would we have any problem talking about NIL? We talk about NIL all the time, right? So just let it play out. But right now, yeah. my confidence level in landing Monroe Freeling is probably down to about a, about a five or a six right now compared to – it was probably like an eight mm-hmm. before. Yeah. So, yeah. My, mine was – I think last week I was at an eight. I am down to a – I'll say six and a half. I'm going to split the difference between six and seven. I still think that he really likes Notre Dame. There's just been some things behind the scenes that we will talk about down the road, like Brian said, but it's just some things that are out of Notre Dame's control. We'll leave it at that. And it is to reiterate Brian's point. It is not NIL related, right? Let's go defense. Mm -hmm. This one's going to be interesting. Let's start defensive line. Obviously the board is full. Uh, Bubakar Traore was on campus this weekend. This is what we didn't talk about. We didn't talk about the uncommitted or the committed kids were on campus this weekend. He was on campus. One of the things we reported last night from our sources is him and Brennan Vernon hit it off in a, a big way, like really clicked this weekend. We also had a theory about why he visited Boston College last weekend because that was something that was going around. And we said that this is something that's not uncommon in Massachusetts, that kids will visit BC as sort of a, program favor right Mm -hmm. their high school coach wants it it's good for bc when big time kids visit and it was more about that than anything else he was obviously a one-time bc commit Uh, everything i've talked to is there's no concerns on notre dame's end about bubakar traori going anywhere but notre dame and so we'll leave it at that but so we'll take those four kids that are committed and there's one guy on the board and one guy only if they get him they're then they're done if they don't get him they're done It's not a need from a number standpoint. It is a need from an impact standpoint. They want and need Jason Moore if they're going to really have that generational type of D-line class. So he's a big one, right? He's an important one. Mm -hmm. And so that is where we'll go with that one. So what is your confidence level right now in Notre Dame's current status with Jason Moore? I I think Jason was an eight for me last week. I'm trying to remember. I would say it's a nine now. I think that getting back on campus finally and meeting Coach Washington last weekend was big time for the program. I think mom, I've talked to mom many times. Mom loves the Notre Dame program. Jason Moore likes the Notre Dame program, and he doesn't really like recruiting that much, right? Like, I think he wants to get this done with pretty soon. And I think that Coach Washington knocked the trip out of the park and. I think that things are trending in Notre Dame's favor big time on Jason Moore. What did you say your confidence level was on that one? Nine. 
I'm I'm still at a seven. I feel really good about where Notre Dame stands. I don't disagree with anything that you have to say. My only hesitation for seven is it's a little bit of BKPTSD. I'll be honest. And, and, you know, it's, it's one of those things where the fact that Ohio state is still out there for an official is the only thing, Ryan, that keeps me from being a nine. Like if he had already gone to Ohio state and then we heard all the intel we heard about how the visit went with him and his mom last weekend, I'd, I'd probably be at a nine, but I'm going to say seven now because I just, I need to still feel this way coming out of the Ohio state visit. That's the, that's the interesting thing. That's the key thing for me. Uh, so I'm going to go seven, but it's a confident seven. It's just, mm-hmm. It's just we got to see how the Ohio State visit goes. But still, we both feel that Notre Dame is the leader, correct? Obviously. Agree. Agree. Uh, It's no question that you feel that way. I also feel that way. I'm not worried about Michigan. I'm not worried about Penn State. Ohio State's the only school that concerns me. Larry Larry Johnson has not produced elite D-lines in a couple years. Mm -hmm. Uh, They haven't maximized the five-star kids they have, but he's still Larry Johnson. And there's still that reputation. Right. And it's still Ohio State. And until Notre Dame can start winning more of these battles and start winning some of these bigger games in the field, I'll always get a little bit concerned about kids like this. Plus, Ohio State's had way more success in that region with big time players than Notre Dame has. That's the other part of it, too. So Notre Dame's got to show me that they can win this battle before I'm going to jump up to a nine. Um, But I completely understand why you're there. Like I said, I'm bringing some different emotions into it than just looking at the current situation, For to be honest with it. Yep. Let's go linebacker, Ryan. Mm-hmm. Jaden Osbury. You don't have to say 9.9 or 10 to you know make the boss happy. Uh, obviously, everyone knows I'm very, very high on Jaden Osbury as a prospect. He's one of my favorite recruits. I think he's a, a top 50 caliber prospect. Um, Notre Dame had him on campus last weekend. So it's a big one, Ryan. So where what is your confidence level on Jaden Osbury? I'll say nine and a half. I, I feel like it is trending very well into Notre Dame's favor here. And I think that, again, I know he has the visit still to take. What Michigan left, right, if I remember correctly? Is that the next one? I believe that's the only one he has left. I believe, I believe he has Michigan left. So I, I will say this. I am 10% confident that he will not end up at LSU, which is a big moment in this recruitment for anybody, especially the, the northern teams that are trying to get him out of the SEC country. I think Notre Dame is in a really good spot with Jaden Osborne. I think it's been trending really well yeah. over the last month or so, yeah. like very well for Notre Dame. And he's obviously been to LSU a lot. His mm-hmm. high school is connected to LSU. He doesn't necessarily need to take an official to LSU. He did not take one there. He was at Texas A&M this weekend, and as you said, he will be on campus at Michigan next weekend. Yep. I think A&M and Auburn were probably the two teams I was most concerned about at this mm-hmm. point in time. Now, maybe Michigan can knock his socks off, but – I, I think Notre Dame is is in a great position. I'm gonna go, I'm gonna go. I feel the same way about him that I feel about Ronan Hannafin and Charles Jagasaw. Maybe not quite to that level, but I'm uh, it's pretty sure. close. I think Notre Dame absolutely knocked this one out of the park. Uh, and a week later, I'm still hearing the same vibes. And that's when you start feeling good, Ryan. It's like when a week has gone by and other visits have happened and you're still hearing the same good vibes, that's when you start feeling like they they've They've really made that lasting impact because that's what matters, right? Like the lasting – Notre Dame has had a lot of kids come through campus that loved their visit. But by the next Thursday, it was on to something else. 
Uh, That's the difference here is these kids are really staying on that confidence level. So uh, I feel good there. I was just going to add in the fact that from everything I've heard, the Osbury parents really meshed well with the other parents on campus and the staff. So that's another big element. Yeah. Especially mom. Yep. Dad's got to be careful, right? Because he works at LSU. Yep. He's got to be careful that, you know, just for a lot of reasons. But yes, correct. Mom is very high on Notre Dame. And look, they, he, they made, look, the family clearly likes Notre Dame because they paid for two trips for Jaden to make to Notre Dame on their own dime before this official visit. They brought his brother Austin up last year uh, from, you know, he ended up going to Auburn. I, I wouldn't have mind taking him to be completely honest with you. I would have taken him last year, but they went a different direction. It is what it is, but, and not to get Jaden. Like, I don't like Jaden that much. It, you know where I would do that. I just thought he was a good player. I thought he could. I thought he could be a safety at Notre Dame. And yeah. But he, I think he wanted to play corner, and um, you know, I think that was part of it as well. But anyway, mm-hmm. I feel very good about that one. But yes, he's a great fit at Notre Dame. Take the liking him and all that. Part of the liking him is the fit, and it's it goes deeper than just him. It's he's the way he is because of how he was raised and the things that have been emphasized to him and his brother, who both have great grades into what's important to them. And so that's why I feel good about it. Let's go secondary, right? Oh, go ahead. I, I got to talk. Keep talking about Jaden I'm Aldridge. sorry, man. You're I'm not just going to bother me with that conversation, man. You know, I, I'm, I'm never te- going to be upset about that. I mean, Brian, I, I talked about this, I think, last week, but I literally had to talk to Jaden on the phone one time to be like, yeah, that's a Notre Dame kid, man. Like, it is. It, whether he ends up there or not, he is 100% a fit at the institution. So just to reiterate it again, it's not just that he's a fantastic football player. It's not that you're just – getting him out of the state of Louisiana, off the LSU campus. All that stuff is huge, but truly a really well-spoken and really good kid. So I just want to reemphasize that again because I really think they Notre Dame would get a great, great young man if they got Jaden Osbury. Yep. Now it's about closing a deal, right? Now they got to close the deal. All right. So let's go to secondary. Okay, let's start off with, we'll kind of go in order of visits. So we'll go Christian Gray first and the two corners this past weekend second. So let's go first with Christian Gray. Ryan, what is your confidence level and where do you see things trending here? He did not make his visit to USC. I don't believe. Mm-hmm. Uh, I believe he tweeted that out, that he did not make that visit. I'm not I'm not quite sure. I'm not 100% certain on that, but I believe that to be the case. Yes. He's supposed to have Ohio State. Ohio State this weekend. Yep. But uh, where do you where do you stay? He went to LSU the week before Notre Dame, which was huge because that was the biggest contender. So, Ryan, where did things stand with your opinion, your confidence level in Christian Gray? I'll keep it short. Last week I was at a 10. I'm still at a 10. I think that Notre Dame has completely flipped the script on this one. I was not feeling good about it for a long time. I know Brian wasn't feeling the best about it for a long time, too. It's definitely Notre- trending away. That's why. Yes. I mean, it was- Notre Dame didn't feel great about it. For exactly. Yeah. Right. Yep. Well, and I would I would just say that Notre Dame is in the driver's seat, and we know that there is a date that this will end, right? July 4th is the date that he will make in his decision, so only a couple weeks away, and Notre Dame is in a really good spot with Christian Gray. So what would you say your confidence level? Did you say a nine, 8 or 9? 10. 10? 10. Uh, I'm going to go 9, I think, and this has been trending this way for a while. I feel good about it. Again, anytime a kid's going to visit Ohio State, that's a concern. And there was a time when Ohio State was ahead of Notre Dame for him. So I still think that one's interesting. He's going to commit July 4th somewhere. I think it's really it's it's 
for a long time, right, it's been a Notre Dame, LSU, Ohio State battle. I mean, those are the three schools that each school has spent a different time. Notre Dame was the leader early. Then it was actually Ohio State that took the lead. Then it was LSU that took the lead. And now we believe Notre Dame is back in a great position there. So I'm going to go nine with Christian Gray. Just got to close it out, right? That's going to be the key. So let's go to Mikey Bell. I have a feeling I know where this one's going to be. So let's just knock that one out real quick. We kind of talked about why earlier. Let's just give the confidence level in, in him here real quick and see where that's at. It's a 10. The only the only, the only, only school that he's visited officially since he announced that he's going to make a decision on July 1st was Notre Dame, and he hasn't doesn't have another visit set up. So you got to feel good about throwing it. Throwing out these 10s for uncommitted un- 10s, man. man. Yes, like, sir. I, I'm, okay. starting, I'm starting to get the Mondays off right, yeah. man. I feel like you're like uh, Billy Bob from uh, – it's a 10. It's a 10. 10. Yeah, so, okay. <laughs> Uh, let's, uh, I'm going to go nine for that one again. And we've, uh, it's another one we've been telling you for a couple weeks that, that the visit could, could be the thing to seal the deal. Uh, unless he makes a, a visit between somewhere else between now and then, I just, you know, I, I'm not sure what else I can say about that one. So yep. he's obviously in a, no name's in a good position there. The next couple are interesting. So we're going to, we're now we're going to get into some interesting ones. Mm-hmm. Josiah Wagner. Let's talk about that one. That's it's a tough one to predict right now, just because I haven't gotten as much intel or insight into the side of Josiah, right? Like I've heard a lot of things about the visit and how much he appreciates Notre Dame from people close to him, but I would say here that I would put it at a five. I, I would say I, I just okay. I feel like I, I don't have enough information on it to be honest with you. So I'll keep it at a five because there's there is. Interest, obviously. He was excited when he got the got the offer from Notre Dame a couple months ago. He just visited Notre Dame. By all indications, it went well. It's just there's a couple other corners that could be on the board soon. Do you want to be the third corner in the class? Is there, t- you know, what is it open to right now as far as other schools are? So I'll go five right now, but that could be much too low, and I will be honest about that. This is going to be a first. In this mm-hmm. breakdown, I'm actually going to be higher than you on this one. I'm just, but not you by were, a lot. you were, I'm you were higher on Richard Young, so it would be the I second was? time. Okay, yes. second, mm-hmm. second time in this breakdown. So we're going to begin to end the list. Well, not end because we got one more coming up. So I'm going to go six just because I, I do think I've been told from talking to sources as he's a take, and that's knowing where things stand with Christian Gray and Micah Bell and Notre Dame feeling really good there. I've been told he's a take. Uh, I've crunched the numbers. I think they can get to 27 with him without sacrificing somewhere else, especially with a couple other things that have kind of transpired the last couple weeks. So I think that I'm going to go six. I think you're going to, there's work to be done. The only reason I'm even at six and not higher is because this is still a new recruitment. This hasn't been going on that long. This would be like me, you know, like the Sam Pendleton thing was a little bit unique. You don't often see a kid, that's got other really legitimate options. And, and and Josiah has some legitimate options, like good schools that are, you know, football and academically. You don't often see things like Sam Pendleton where a kid who's got Clemson and Michigan and NC State, North Carolina, like really good schools, just flat get an offer from one school and be like, I'm done it, when it's a school that's not even in. Like, it'd be one thing if like all these other schools were off him and then Clemson gets in late and like he goes to Clemson. That would make sense. Right. 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 You don't often see it where a kid from like the Carolinas or out of state just drops all these other big time schools to pick Notre Dame, which is what happened with Sam Pendleton. Uh, 
he was different, man. I mean, I remember, I remember, Brian, remember when we, when I mm-hmm. spoke to him for the first time and he said, Notre Dame's a team that I've always wanted to hear from. Right. So that I was, was like, like mm, a couple days after he got offered. Right? Exactly. Like, or yeah. my, actually, it was the night he got offered, I think, that you talked yep. to him. And I remember Ryan sending me that. I'm like, yeah, if they want this kid, they're going to get him. And so I was like, okay, we'll see. And of course, they wanted him and, and he's in the class. And Notre Dame's very, very happy about that. So with Josiah, I think because he's a little bit more. I mean, I think Sam's thoughtful. I just think, like you said, Notre Dame was the dream offer. I don't know if Notre Dame was that for Josiah. It's not. It's usually not that kind of situation with most kids, Notre Dame or anybody. So it just it it is still new. I just have to see it play out a little bit. But I think Notre Dame's at least starting from a good place with him. Now yep. it's about building that relationship up even more. So uh, I am told that they they do like him. However, so we'll see how this one plays out. Yep. The last guy that we're going to discuss, Caleb Downs. Let's have at it. All right. Let's um, have at it. What did I say last week? Five or six somewhere in the ballpark? I'm, I'm going to – I can't remember. You can't remember things I say? No, um, no, no. <laughs> I barely remember what five. It's called being a – I was actually – it's kind of funny. My, my parents are in uh, – they're on sort of like a little – get away from my mom and dad. They went up to Chincoteague Island and I was joking with my parents yesterday that, uh, well, last time I was at Chincoteague, apparently I had a really good game. Reason I say apparently, cause I played them my junior high school and I got hit right before halftime. I got hit in the chin and I got a bad concussion, but I, I, I know what, I, I know what I did. Cause I watched the film later. I don't remember any of it. My dad was <laughs> talking about the EMTs looking over me after the game. And I was like, don't remember any of that. So uh, I've had a lot of blows to the head, Ryan. So I don't remember things, you know, quite all the, all that well when it comes to that kind of stuff. But uh, so don't take it personally. Oh, I know, story. I know. Chickatee Island's the island of the horses, right? Yes, yeah. yes. Like it's one uh, time of the year where, yeah, I've never seen it. I've heard it's amazing. We yes. well, we went the one time and we forgot to put on bugs like bug repellent and bug spray, Ooh. and we got torched yeah. by mosquitoes. Man, absolutely yeah. torched. But it's it is pretty cool. It's a cool thing. Um, all that to say is I think I'm going to, I think I can't remember if I was a five or a six last week for Caleb Downs. I'm going to stick at a six. Cause I feel like I was a six last week. I'm getting cautiously optimistic with it because you just yeah. hear the right things and he continues to come back to Notre Dame. So I feel like there's heavy interest there. I'm just, it seems, it just feels not as much as Richard young, but a little bit of a pipe dream. Like right. I just, I, I still think it's going to be hard to get him out of Georgia, man. Like to get him hard out of the SC, um, the, the Southeast, I should say just in general. So I'm going to keep it at six. Cause I feel, I continue to feel better about it each, every, each week and each visit, but I still think it's going to be a tough pool. I'll be very honest about that. I'm going to say five for all the reasons that Ryan just said. However, this is the other exception. Richard Young's the first, Caleb Downs is the second. I feel like if he makes a decision this summer, it's not going to be Notre Dame. And let me be clear. I think Richard, I think Caleb loves Notre Dame. Loves Notre Dame. There's a lot about Notre Dame that he likes. I've heard his parents are very high on Notre Dame, but it's going to be his decision. And I think the reality is, is you know, Alabama and Georgia have been on him for years. Notre Dame's been on him for a long time, but not quite that long. But it's all the things you said. It's the known versus the unknown. I think I can go to Notre Dame and do something special. I know I can go win a title at Georgia and Alabama. And and, and then you know, the other part of it, again, is I just – this is one of those recruits that we need to see that this staff can win. Because as we said, the difference between Keon Keeley and Caleb Downs right now, there isn't one. The 
when they landed him, however, it's completely different. Keon Keeley was not considered a top 100 player at the time. That was nonsense. We thought he was. I'm Ryan, I mean, I think or that was pretty early on in his recruitment. I sent you his film and was like, I'm curious on what you think of this kid because I love the kid. I thought he was a you know five-star upside kid then and clearly a top 100 guy then. Caleb Downs has been a top player for a long time. It's a different story. Right. Notre Dame got on Keon Keeley before those other programs. Notre Dame got in later with Caleb Downs compared to those other top programs. So yeah, I think Notre Dame is in the top four, those other two schools plus Ohio State. Mm-hmm. I do think they have a legitimate shot. I think he likes Notre Dame a lot. I just think I could see them finishing second to a lot of other programs. Having said that, sure. if we go into the season – and he's uncommitted, I could see this ending up looking really good for Notre Dame because I think the product that Notre Dame is going to – I'm very cautiously optimistic about the quality of the defensive product that Notre Dame is going to put on the field this year, meaning it's been good. It's been Mm -hmm. really good. I think it's got a chance to be really good, but more so because there's a couple really marquee games that if the Notre Dame defense plays well could have a big impact on a kid like Caleb Downs. Sure. And so if Notre Dame is the team that we think it's going to be under Marcus Freeman, I think that's going to bode well for a kid like Caleb Downs. Because I still think there's that unknown of, okay, I love Coach Freeman, but is he really the coach that Ryan Day and Nick Saban and Kirby Smart are? Nobody can right. answer that question definitively because he's never he, you know, he's, he's never coached a game with his staff, right? Mm-hmm. So I think that's one that could, could play out well also, right? I- I think that I think everyone's taking notice of what Notre Dame's doing on the recruiting trails. I think all, all the fans across the country are, but I think it would send shockwaves if Notre Dame can close on Caleb Downs. I mean, I've watched that kid. And I, I, Brian, I think he's a top five to ten player in this class. Like oh, I really yeah. do. I oh, think yeah. at worst fifteen, top fifteen. At worst. Yeah, I mean, I, I really can't think of five players that I think are better football players than Caleb Downs, whether he winds up at Notre Dame or not. So. I think go if Notre Dame's able to go into the state of Georgia and pull out a kid that's father played in the NFL, his brother is a star at North Carolina, and he is a cons- pretty much consensus five star top fifteen player in the country. That sends shockwaves at that point. So yes, yes, I yeah. If, if they're able to, then it's monumental the yes. ability to close on Caleb Downs. He <laughs> rivals has him ranked twenty second. Joke. Everybody else has him in the top fifteen. I'll say there's there's two players in this class that could have that impact for Notre Dame. That where that commitment just it's a tidal wave of well three. There's three kids now that I think could have a similar oh wow impact for Notre Dame. One we've talked about a million times is Dante Moore. Richard Young's the other, and Caleb Downs. Again, Notre Dame's got a top five player in the class, in my opinion. They already have a top five player, but it, it you have to understand it's different because they landed him a year ago. I mean, literally in eight days, it'll be the one year since Keon Keeley committed. When he did commit, that was huge in, in, in Notre Dame Nation. That was big. You can go back to our show then. Keon jumped in that show, actually, in the chat, if you remember correctly. Uh, but we knew it was big, but nationally it didn't have that impact because he didn't have a you know, Bama wasn't pushing for him. Georgia wasn't pushing for him. Ohio State wasn't pushing for him. That all came later after he had a monster junior season. So, yes, it's impactful now, but it wasn't the minute he committed. It didn't have – a matter of fact, 
when Brennan Vernon committed a day later, that had more of a tidal wave or like a wow impact than Keon because they beat Ohio State for him. And he was, you know, everybody thought he was going to go to Ohio State. He was the higher-ranked player. He was a five-star recruit. Now, Brennan is still a big-time player, but Keon has emerged as the hands-down, no-brainer best player in this class. To me, he's a top-five player nationally. So, but again, it just the circumstances of the commitment were different. Richard Young is that kind of player. Dante Moore is that kind of player, and Caleb Downs is that kind of player. If Notre Dame can get one of those three guys, it had had that impact. If they get somehow get two, then you know, there's going to be a lot of really nervous people around the country, because the reality is, is Notre Dame is doing this with kids that you and I both know for a fact are getting six and seven digit offers to go to other schools i'm telling you right now this isn't a this isn't a guess this isn't an i think this is what we've been told notre dame right now has kids committed to them that have turned down six-figure offers from other schools high six-figure offers there's at least one player in this class that we believe has been given a seven-figure offer nil offer but I haven't been able to confirm that one as confidently as the others. But there are several players in this class, Ryan, and you know exactly what I'm talking about, that we just know of. And I'm, that's the ones we know of that have been offered really big deals before and since they committed Notre Dame. And it hasn't mattered because these kids get it. They understand it. And then also they also understand that there are plenty of NIL deal opportunities at Notre Dame. I just am not getting them before I get there. I got to go there to get them. Mm-hmm. And that's the big difference. So I think that would make people like, wow, you know, with everything that's going on, we're offering this, we're offering that. And these kids are still picking Notre Dame. That would be, um, that would be a challenge. That would, that would, that would scare some, some people, you know, yep, yep, yep. that would, that would, that would scare some people. No question. No question. <laughs>